0: Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, from Walking Dead Now. I want to welcome all of our viewers tonight. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Saz is going to be handling the text chats on Twitter, Facebook, and as well as YouTube. almost forgot there for a second the platforms that we're on. And Marie is going to be moderating the chats on Instagram. I hope everyone's enjoying their Monday uh, evening. That's a holiday here in the United States, a happy, happy Labor Day to everyone. I hope everyone is doing well. Please visit us on our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now. If you haven't already done so, and subscribe if you enjoy our broadcasts and our videos. If you're there right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. Anyway, just a reminder before we get started uh, Emma Bell, who played Amy, Andrea's sister, on The Walking Dead, is going to be our special guest live tomorrow night. And then on Wednesday, we are going to have a rot. Elizabeth Faith Ludlow is going to be joining us on Wednesday. So we have two very special guests lined up starting tomorrow, uh, right here on Dead Talk Live at nine thirty PM. So please join us. It's gonna be a fascinating chat with both of them. Uh, Amy was one of the original gang and we lost her in season one and a rot. Uh, was on for three seasons on The Walking Dead. So, uh, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about and I hope you guys join us. So, let me welcome some of our viewers. We have Devana with us on YouTube. Xanders is also joining us. Zona Gamer 27 is with us on YouTube. Trixie, Celeste, Lisa are joining us on Facebook. As is Lindsay Sparks. A singer chick is joining us on YouTube as well. Tiffany, who's becoming a regular viewer on Twitter, is with us as well. Welcome, Tiffany. Khaleesi is also with us on YouTube. Let's see. On the Instagram side, we have Hayathi with us. Uh, Il2, Zachary Thomas John, Manuel, Brian, Cecile is with us. Sandra is giving us a thumbs up on Instagram. Jessica is with us cc wheezy is waving uh let's see amir chima is also with us uh Valenfall is giving us a thumbs up welcome to everyone evelyn elizabeth is with us and saying hello hello evelyn uh, let's see uh oh hey is also with us and todd O4. sylvia kennedy is joining us on facebook as well as is yesenia welcome to everybody i'm a white boys just joined us so we received a brand new video submission from hard productions who's also part of our team here at dead talk live and as always his videos never disappoint it's a great video uh on all the bad boys we've had on the walking dead you know including rick grimes and so on and uh i posted it several hours ago throughout our social media network. If you haven't seen it, don't despair. I'm about to play it here in a few seconds. It's a it's a great video. So without any further delay, let's check it out. Do you have any final words? If we choose to destroy everything we've fought for over the past year.
1: What happened, Rick? I thought you weren't the good guy anymore. Ain't that what you said? Even right here, right now, you ain't gonna fight for him. I'm a better father than you, Rick. Shane taught me. Remember him? Yeah, I remember him. I remember him every day. your guns on the floor and kneel. Don't wait and beg, Grant. Right? Oh, we're the same. No. I
0: As always, from uh, Ethan Hard Productions, Saz just posted a link up to his channel, please check out his channel as well, like I said, he's a part of our Dead Talk Live team, a valuable member here, so thank you so much Ethan for submitting and making that video, it's awesome. Vampire here is giving us a thumbs up on Instagram, Evelyn Elizabeth really loved the video, by judging by all her emojis. Uh, Singer Chick writes, wow, great job, Ethan. Uh, Summer also writes, Ethan, that was amazing. Uh, his work is amazing, very talent. That's a lot of talent right there. Uh, so, I mentioned this yesterday, guys. Our viewer, Kimberly Smith, Kimmy121964 on Instagram, sent, uh, sent me a picture, uh, of a shot from the teaser of the Walking Dead finale that we're getting On October 4th. I'm going to show you the picture here in a second. Pay attention to Magna's right shoulder. She looks in distress. And there is a hand on her shoulder. Now some people say they can see a knife as well. I've looked very closely. And obviously the hand on the shoulder is obvious. But I I don't see a knife. I see the collar of her jacket. So let me let me just go ahead and show you the picture, and let me know what you guys think. Obviously, a lot is uh, obscured by the uh, the text that they have in there, but if you look on Magna's shoulder, there's a hand. Now, to me, that is does not look like Beta's hand. Uh, I don't know who's there. She obviously looks in distress. Uh, But I want to thank Kimmy for sending me this picture. It is kind of fascinating to look at. But I don't see a knife. If you guys see a knife, let me know. I personally don't see it. Hold on. It's a little obscured for our Instagram people. Let me uh, move it over a little bit so you guys can get a better look. To the Instagram people, because I just saw it's a little obscured. So hold on. I just moved it over. So take a look on her right shoulder. Uh, I don't see a knife there. Uh, So I don't know. All I see is Magna in distress, just by the expression on her face. And a hand on her shoulder, which I'm inclined to say it, it might be a woman's hand. I might be wrong, but it's definitely not beta. I really don't think it's beta. And whoever it is whose hand that is, is standing behind her. So, anyway, thank you so much, Kimmy, for sharing this picture with me. I wanted to get it out to our viewers and, uh, you know, have your guys come up with your own opinion. Marie doesn't see a knife either, so... We'll see. It's, uh, it's coming up. Not too far away. And we'll actually get to find out what that scene's all about. If she is in distress. Or if she's just scared shitless being in the middle of a horde of zombies. As anybody would be. Um. Let's see. Khaleesi writes, Kelly wears gloves like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But if you look at the fingers on the hand, it's it's a white person. Uh, so I don't think it's Kelly. Uh, but she does. A lot of people wear those cut-off gloves where the uh, fingers are exposed. So it really could be anybody. But Beta's a huge, huge-ass man. You know, Ryan Hurst, the gentle giant. His hands are a lot bigger than that. So I really don't think it's Beta Uh, I'm a white boy, writes, my girlfriend sees a knife. Okay. So it's really evenly split. I even posted that picture to our team chat, and it was evenly split. Some people say they could see a knife. Other people say they can't. I personally cannot. So, like I said, we just have to wait. Uh, Like OJ says on Instagram, I do see a knife. It's evenly split. Welcome Janie Joe on Instagram. Thank you for joining us. Jennifer uh, says, my daughter does see a knife. So it's 50-50, guys. We just got to wait and find out. But it's fascinating. It's a great little Easter egg to say that, you know, the very least. So uh, let's see. What else do we have? Um, Our newest team member, Crystal shared some great pictures of her visit to Sinai, Georgia, and she took The Walking Dead tour, and she shared those pictures with us, which I'm going to share with you guys right now. Some really cool shots. We know that uh, we have seen several of these pictures throughout you know, our time here of people taking the tour and just taking some amazing shots of the set of The Walking Dead. So, here we go. Here's the first one. Excellent picture. Let's move on to the second one. It's just amazing to see the set, you know, taken in person. Pretty cool. Pretty kick-ass. You know, looking at these pictures, guys, I really gotta wonder... How much uh, the, st- the city of Sinoy, uh has invested into keeping these sets up for tourism. And if they're paying anything to The Walking Dead. Because normally when a set is made and that particular shot or scene is done, if it's not going to be repeatedly used, they take it down. They take it down because they only have a limited amount of space. So, just looking at these pictures just brings back a lot of memories. And here's the last one. This is Carol's house. Uh, This is Carol's house in Alexandria. So... Beautiful pictures. Thank you so much to Crystal uh, Singer Chick on YouTube for sharing these with us so I can share them with you guys. A lot of love hearts on Instagram. Uh, Khaleesi writes, Tata thought was you, sis, when you went last year. Tiffany writes, Oh, cool. So there is a tour. How can I get the information to go on the tour? The tour, there are several tours. The one that I know about is Atlanta movie companies, I think they're called. And, or Atlanta movie tours. And uh, there's if you just Google it, there are, there are several tours. Uh, I know of Atlanta movie tours being one of the big ones. And uh, yeah, they take you on a trip throughout the set. Like I said, uh, the city or these touring companies... They have a deal with the Walking Dead production company and it helps bring in a lot of tourism uh, to Sonoy. So there you guys have it. Great shots. Thank you so much again Crystal for sharing those. Jennifer writes great photos on YouTube. Evelyn is also giving a thumbs up. Ginny on Instagram is also giving us a thumbs up. Now let's move on to some announcements, uh, some news. AMC is going to start streaming the entire Season 10 of The Walking Dead for free. In less than one month's time, the delayed Walking Dead Season 10 finale will finally be here. We've been waiting since April to see the climactic episode after post-production couldn't be completed uh, due to the pandemic. So many viewers may need a reminder about what happened in the uh, preceding installments. Well, luckily for those folks, or anyone wanting to watch it all again, AMC has now made the Season 10 free to stream online. The first 15 episodes of the current season of the post-apocalyptic drama can be viewed for free on the AMC website which can be visited via the link, which is amc.com. It's not hard to remember. The episodes do come with commercial interruptions, but this this is still the best way to catch the season online as it's yet not available on Netflix, which that has been a huge question from a lot of uh, our followers and viewers, and it is coming to Netflix next month. Uh... If you guys missed that announcement that we made several weeks ago. AMC made the episodes available over the weekend ahead of its Walking Dead Season 10 Episode Diaries Marathon. They'll be running throughout the month. So there you guys have it. If you want to catch up or haven't been able to watch Season 10 of The Walking Dead, AMC is making them available online on their website. With commercials, though, which is fine. It's better than nothing uh, right now. And you can get all caught up. So, the next bit of information that we have. David Morrissey, the governor. Man, David Morrissey loves to talk about... It's his favorite role that he's ever done, uh, the governor. And he just loves to talk about the governor. David Morrissey is telling a story... One that explains everything you need to know about why he is an actor. When I was doing The Walking Dead, I remember being in a forest in Georgia, he begins, There were snakes everywhere, spiders and ticks. It was hot. The heat was hitting you like a baseball bat in the face. No pun intended. It was just awful. Uh, It was really tough and we had tough scenes to do, he continues. It was Andrew Lincoln and I uh, doing this mad scene as he turned around to look at one point and said, Isn't this great, David? And I was like, yeah, it's great. This right here is my dream. This is what I always wanted to do. I never wanted to do anything else. I wanted to be here in this field right here, right now, doing this. This is all I've ever wanted to do. I think there's a little bit of sarcasm there. In short, despite the spiders and snakes and ticks and the odd zombie, presumably, or maybe because of them, David Morrissey loves his job. He always has. That was true of the teenage Morrissey working in a youth theater group in the Everyman Theater in his hometown of liverpool and it's true now of the 56 year old veteran of stage and screen both big and small welcome to marco from the netherlands on facebook welcome uh let's see what else is going on Uh, cc wheezy's giving us a thumbs up wendy king is with us on instagram also, giving us a thumbs up, welcome to you guys. All right, here's an interesting thing the Walking Dead fans erupt in a heated debate over Daryl's soulmate. Yes, yes, heated debate, not just a normal casual conversation, but a heated debate over Daryl's soulmate. The Walking Dead fans have erupted in a heated debate. Over who Daryl Dixon's rightful soulmate is. Over the course, I'm sorry. <laughs> over the course of the past 10 seasons, the much loved character played by Norman Reedus has managed to navigate his way through the post apocalyptic world with the help of three distinctive characters Carol, played by Melissa McBride, Beth, played by Emily Kinney, And over course, Connie, played by Lauren Riddleoff. Uh, All of them had a significant part to play in keeping Daryl going, despite at least one of them losing losing their lives along the way. And that was Beth. Uh, we We had to have guessed, we probably think he loves all three of them equally, just in different ways. But we put money on Carol. No. The debate started when the official Twitter account for the zombie hit posted, Does Daryl Have a Soulmate? Alongside the caption was a short video of the show's hero, alongside pictures of Carol, Connie, Beth, as well as his pet dog. Dog is his soulmate. I like dog. Oh, yes, and her name is Carol, one fan replied to the video, while another said yes, the same one he's had for over ten years, the one and only queen of the zombie apocalypse, Carol Peltier. Stop your clowning. Someone else added, I mean Connie, an understandable mistake, but no Carol? Now, that's definitely a big fat yes. But then, Beth, I just straight up laughed. Dog is also a great second choice. So, you know, you know, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, this came from their official Twitter account. So, they wanted to stir up a debate. They definitely got one. They definitely got one. So, (laughs) I guess the tweet worked in the way that they wanted to. Sonia is with us from Argentina on Facebook. Uh, Marco on Facebook writes, It's only 3.50 in the morning where he's at. Uh, It's not late over here, but he's still awake. Lindsay Sparks writes, I love Daryl and Connie together. Tiffany writes, Beth will always be a sister to Daryl. Carol, uh, I believe their mutual respect. Connie is the soulmate. And I agree with, I agree with Tiffany. I like Daryl and Connie together. And apparently by his actions, so does Daryl himself. For Cece Weezy, it's Donnie. Okay, there you go. Amir writes, does Connie ever gonna come back? I think so. I don't know if we're gonna see her in the finale. Or next season, but I think Connie's very much alive. Uh, Jamie writes, "I don't uh, ship Carol or Daryl. They are best friends, but no more than that. Absolutely, uh, that time that 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 ship has sailed uh, for Daryl and Carol. It's it sailed a long time ago." All right, now moving on to some fear news. Fear the Walking Dead star had no idea the show was killing off Madison Clark. Fear the Walking Dead star Jenna Elfman, who plays June, says she was unaware the show planned to kill off then-lead Madison Clark, played by Kim Dickens, when joining the Walking Dead spin off in its reworked fourth season, which installed Morgan Jones played by Lenny James, as the new series lead. The revamped fourth season, the first under-executive producer Scott Gimple and showrunners Andrew Shambliss and Ian Goldberg revealed Madison was dead midway through the season, just episodes after the surprise death of her son Nick Clark, played by Frank Delaney. In exit interviews following her departure from the show, Dickens admitted to feeling shocked and disappointed upon learning Fear's new creative team was moving on from Madison Clark. I never had that experience before to come into an ensemble that's already flowing, but knowing it was being kind of reworked, Elfman told the Talk Dead to Me podcast, Adding she had great admiration for the cast um, that was already in existence. I didn't know anyone was getting killed off when I took the job at all. She added, I had no idea until my first day. It wasn't until Elfman arrived for a wardrobe fitting and meetings that she learned fear was killing off its leading character. I was like, what? She recalled, I had no idea. Asked about theories that speculate Madison is still alive and will return. Elfman said, I don't believe anything other than what the showrunners have said, which is Madison is dead. That's all I know. But that's kind of a big hit right there. Uh, I was kind of hoping maybe we'd see Madison again. I'm not going to lie. But if the showrunners are telling the cast that, hey, she's dead, you know, it maybe she is dead, which really sucks because I think Madison deserved an amazing death. If they were going to write her off, uh, Kim Dickens, who played Madison Clark, who was the hero for the first uh, three seasons of Fear the Walking Dead, she earned To have the right to have a kick-ass death. And for that not to happen. It's a little disappointing. I ain't going to lie. It's a little disappointing. Let's see what's going on over at YouTube. Uh, I'm a white boy writes. Madison is never coming back. David Nichols is with us on YouTube. Summer writes. Well, they did a crappy way of killing her off. So I hope she comes back. Xanders writes, I wonder Madison will pop up in any of the movies. Uh, that's interesting. Xander's uh, also writes, I, I still don't think she died. Hard Productions writes, uh, Madison has to be alive. I can't expect uh, what happened to her. Uh, let's see, David Nichols is also with us on YouTube. Khaleesi writes, I was hoping to see her too. I'm uh, a white boy, writes, if she's dead, she's dead. And it wouldn't be the first time on Fear the Walking Dead where a big character has not received a fitting death for their character. And the first one, will two come to mind. Nick's death was just... God, I don't even know what the right word is. And then Travis... Poor Travis. He had survived up to that point, And he got shot by stray bullets in a helicopter. I'm on, man, really? Really? And uh, he drops to the desert. And I'm thinking, okay, he's dead. Uh, but maybe we're going to see him again as a walker uh, a couple of episodes later in the desert. Nope, never happened. Uh, Crystal Singer Chick writes, when she was on Talking Dead after her last episode. Kim said she really hated that they wrote her out. She said she loved the show and was happy she had the uh, chance to be a part of it. Uh, Gladius is with us on YouTube. Uh, White Boy writes Madison as a zombie, maybe. Kimmy on YouTube writes, I read somewhere Rick had a brother that was married and I always thought... Madison might be that woman Rick's sister-in-law Rick's brother in the comic books his name was Jeffrey now there was never any mention of Rick's brother on the TV show doesn't mean he doesn't have one but they just never talked about him so we, we, you know, we'll see Summer writes Nick and Travis both died in sucky ways Xander uh, also writes I was pretty disappointed with Travis's death That's one of my complaints about fear, is how major characters have uh, been written off the show. Where I think they deserve a better death, uh, I don't agree in uh, how they were written off. And I sort of understand what they're trying to do. They're just trying to keep it realistic. But there are so many other aspects of the Walking Dead universe where if you want to keep the show more realistic, you can sort of work on those other aspects and still give our favorite characters, if they're going to die, give them a death that's worthy. That's my feeling on it. Uh, Tiffany still believes that she's alive. Yeseni is with us on Facebook from Columbia. Welcome. Janie Joe. totally agree too. Uh... Let's see. Uh, Jaden writes, I really miss Nick as a character. That broke my heart. I, Nick, to me, was the most fascinating character on Fear up until that point. And then now it's Alicia. Of course, Morgan. I mean, We've known Morgan for a long time on The Walking Dead and now on Fear. So I'm not including him in this discussion. Uh... You know, Alicia has stepped up to be a really great badass. And, uh... But I really like Nick. I really, really like Nick a lot. Uh, Lindsay likes my t-shirt. Thank you so much, Lindsay. You know, the... the When I switched this show over to video, uh... You know, with me being in front of the camera, uh... Two things I did. Well, several things I did. First, I have to buy a whole bunch of lighting because the lighting in this room sucks. And besides doing that, upgrading a lot of equipment, and uh, a lot of you guys who are just joining us over the last several weeks, when I was just on audio only and was playing just video slides as part of the video and putting up the universal chats and it was just my voice, uh, I told everybody that I had... The Rick Grimes beard from seasons five, uh, when he was on the road, before he got brought into Alexandria. You remember that bushy, bushy ass beard that Rick had? I had not shaved in about three to four months, and my beard put Rick's beard to shame. So I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna put my face in front of a camera, I gotta shave. <laughs> So it was like two episodes after we did the Mike, the Michael Cudlitz interview, where I did all that, and I switched it over to video, and I'm kicking myself in the ass that Michael Cudlitz is our only guest that it was an audio interview. Well, we did it with him over the phone and wasn't a uh, video interview. So, you know, we're still in contact with him and we're trying to get him to come back to do another interview with us, this time on video. But anyway, going back to the shirts, lights, and then I went on and I bought a crap load of Walking Dead t-shirts so I can have for the show. So that's the secret behind these t-shirts, guys. Uh, 50 Shades on Instagram writes, I have decided... Death as my fate because I'm not going to, you're not going to do your homework? Screw school. Come on, man. Uh, gold writes, I'm the same. My beard gets bushy at times. I hate shaving. I really do. I'm not going to lie about that. I absolutely hate shaving. Uh, let's see what's going on on YouTube. Uh, Singer Chick uh, uh, writes, I love Nick. Almost quit watching when they killed him off the way they did, but I'm still watching. Uh, Summer writes, I remember those days, Viz. Yep, yep. The first 35, 36 episodes of Dead Talk Live, just audio. Uh, Let's see. Khaleesi writes, me and hubby uh, about to quit, though, until I learned he uh, he wanted out. (laughs) Glad. Right? So I'm glad I'm not the only one uh, taking me a while to forgive Charlie. Yeah, yeah. the way they wrote Nick off was, uh, I don't know. It could have been done better. But this, that, Rick, from what I've read, not Rick, Nick off the show, being written off the show, it was uh, Frank's request to be written off the show. It was too much for him. Traveling back and forth from the UK. He's British. So when his contract came up, they, uh, you know, they wrote him off the show. He wanted to go. Now, that's from what I've read. Is it the truth or not? I have no idea. So anyway, guys, let's get to our topic tonight. Tonight, we are going to be talking about characters, first impressions on other characters of The Walking Dead. Not our first impressions of them, but the impressions characters in The Walking Dead have made on other characters in The Walking Dead. All right, we're going to start with the season one when Rick meets the original group while searching for his family in Atlanta. Shortly after meeting them, he handcuffs Merle To a pipe on the rooftop of the shopping complex. And this is right after Merle had that fight with T-Dog. And if you guys remember, Merle was just being a complete jackass. And he got what was coming to him. He was pissing everyone off. He was spewing his racist crap to everyone. And uh, he got what was coming to him. The impression that the group has of Rick is that while he still wears a a sheriff deputy uniform and believes in fairness and justice, he can also be a dangerous man. Rick's quote to Merle, which actually did shut him down, is, All I am anymore is a man looking for his wife and son, and if anybody stands in the way, they are going to lose. Now, this brings us to the first impression that Rick gave Daryl. Now, that was an interesting meeting right there. Daryl even says somewhere along the lines of he doesn't even like Rick all that much when they were discussing their plans with Glenn on how they were going to retrieve the guns off the street. This is after Rick and Daryl meet at the camp, and then they go back, to retrieve Merle. Uh, Look at how far things have changed between Rick and Daryl from season one. I mean, wow. Uh, Those two have been through a lot together. In the last episode of the first season, when we first meet Jenner at the CDC, he offers the group refuge and food, which at first makes him look like he would be their savior, and that ray of hope that we're desperately looking for. And it also makes everybody reassured that in following Rick with his decision to go to the CDC, it was the right decision to make. It was, even though everything at the CDC did not quite go as planned. But then he looks, he locks everyone in the building with the intention of blowing it up. The group's impression of him changes, changes. They realize his vision of being saved from what is happening out there is to uh, take the easy way out. Uh, Jenner was out of hope, and he uh, he wanted to die. In season two, we see another character whose first impressions changed dramatically over time, and that's Maggie's impression of Glenn. Uh, I think there was some attraction between them, but as Maggie had put it, Their options are limited these days. She had sex with Glenn because there was nobody else. Uh, Sort of like, you know, that hypothetical question, if you're the last person on Earth, who would you want to be there with you? Uh, She wasn't afraid she'd hurt his feelings and spoke her mind because I don't believe she thought they'd fall in love. She enjoyed their time together, but nothing else. Of course, this changes into something much more between them, Uh, and the rest is history between Maggie and Glenn. We know what happens. In season three, we have Michonne and the first impression she had uh, made to various different members of the prison group. Let's start with Rick. He didn't trust her. He saw her as a possible threat. He was suspicious. He was willing to offer her up to the governor. Uh, Years down the road, they became each other's equal. They shared a bed. He is the the father of uh, their son, RJ. Um, So, let's go now to Merle and Michonne. (laughs) There's a matchup right there. Merle, Dixon, and Michonne. At first, I think Merle underestimated Michonne, thinking he'd be able to dispatch her pretty easily. But when he sees how much of a badass she is, he sort of begins to start respecting her. It's likely this respect he had is one of the reasons why he let Michonne go. Now, Carl, he didn't care much for Michonne either. This was his first impression of her... He did not enjoy her company. And you guys got to keep in mind, that was a pretty rough time for Carl. Season three, Carl Grimes, it's probably the one season where Carl Grimes had really had to do a lot of growing up very, very quickly. You know what I mean? Uh, But when she impressed him after retrieving that family photo from the cafe, he decided to sort of give her a chance and that's when we start to see the relationship between Carl and Michonne really start to blossom. Uh, and just like with Rick, Michonne became a very important part of Carl's life and as someone he truly, truly respects. Now in season four, Glenn and Tara meet up with Abraham, Eugene, and Rosita. And I got to tell you guys, straight up, that that moment where we first see those three, Abraham, Eugene, and Rosita, uh, I did not know really anything about the comics still at that point. And I didn't think any of those three were long for the show. Rosita and Eugene are still around. Abraham lasted for a long while before Negan took him out. Uh, And Tara, I mean, holy cow. When the governor meets Tara and her sister in season four, uh, those of you who just follow just a TV show, how many of you thought that of that group that the governor ran into, who sort of brought back the disheveled, out-of-hope governor and gave him a second chance to become the psychopath that he truly is again. How many of you actually thought, out of that entire group, Tara would be the one to last the longest? And when I say the longest, I mean, she was on the show for a long time, and she became a huge fan favorite. Eugene thought Tara was attractive even after he discovered that she liked girls. Abraham and Glenn did not hit it off. Both uh, men had different opinions on what they saw as being the most important things for them. Uh, On the one hand, Abraham believed in putting the fate of the world above all else. But for Glenn, his world was Maggie. And finding her was more important than going on a mission to save the general population. This put the two men at odds because in Abraham's point of view, Glenn was being selfish. Now, a little more between those two. uh, Even though they did not quite get along when they first met, there was a respect that was earned with Abraham and Glenn. Out of that whole group, Abraham respected Glenn. He was the first one to say that, you know, Glenn is the first one to gain Abraham's respect. And then when they do find Maggie, it's both Glenn and Maggie that uh, Abraham respects. And that is very evident in the church, in Gabriel's church, when Abraham tells everybody that they're going to continue up to Washington, and Rick and Abraham almost got into a fight uh, because Abraham wanted Glenn and Maggie to go with them. That's how much of a respect that Abraham had for those two. They do eventually end up going together, but, you know... That respect came in a very short amount of time from not liking each other at first to Abraham insisting that Maggie and Glenn go with them to Washington. Let's see what's going on in the chats. Uh, Jaden writes, Tara's death had more of an impact to me, at least, uh, than Enid's, even though they died at the same time. Uh... Ama is with us from Guyana. Uh, Let's see what's going on on YouTube. Uh, Devana writes, if Glenn didn't find Tara, she wouldn't have made it. Now, she was willing to die. She was just loaded with guilt that she got sucked into the governor's plan. Uh, uh, Singer Chick also writes, I really like Tara. Don't know why so many people didn't like her. You know, I I have no idea. I love Tara, you know. Uh, she was amazing. Uh, Khaleesi writes, I will, lo- I will always love my Glenn and Maggie. So, let's keep moving on with this topic. Uh, I just wanted to point out, you know, that Abraham-Glenn thing and how it evolved a lot, very quickly between those two. Uh, He didn't really earn the respect for Rick really till after Abraham left and he gave Rick the map of the route they were going to take and he leaves the note for Rick to read, which ultimately becomes the note that Morgan finds and he knows where to go to find Rick because he's really looking for Rick. And he happens to find the note that Abraham writes to Rick with the directions and the route that they're going to take to D.C. And that's what leads Morgan up to D.C. as well. Now, moving along in Season 5, the group again meet, meet Father Gabriel, and the first group's uh, impression was that he was a coward. In contrast, Gabriel saw Rick's group as bad people. He truly believed... That they were not good and they were a danger to others. Eventually, both men began to see each other in a whole new light. And then they also meet Aaron, who, uh, remember Aaron when we first meet him? Stranger danger? <laughs> Stranger danger Aaron. Anyway, unfortunately, Rick's first impression of him was uh, of someone who had something to hide uh, until his enthusiasm to help them was uh for some darker ulterior motive and not any of us can really blame rick for being suspicious at this time because they had just escaped from terminus and terminus really screwed rick up badly uh he did not trust anybody after that uh i mean that's putting it mildly I guess after everything the group had been through with the CDC, Terminus, Rick just felt like anyone who had something to offer them that sounded too good to be true was exactly that. It was too good to be true. Anyhow, when they get to Alexandria and start to meet the survivors, Rick and his group's first impressions were that these people are a danger not to Rick, or to his group, but to themselves. Uh, He was probably asking himself, the only reason these people are still here is because of these walls. Uh, None of these people would last a day outside of these walls. He was absolutely correct on the majority of them. It was just Aaron and Eric who would go out and do the scouting for new people to bring in. And... Thank God for uh, uh, Deanna, who was the leader of Alexandria at the time. At least she had uh, the brains enough to think several steps ahead and knew that the time would come that she would need people like Rick and her group in order for Alexandria to survive in the long run. Uh, so, anyway, uh, when they get to Alexandria, sorry, I lost my Instagram feed here, When they get to Alexandria and start to meet the survivors, uh, like I said, Rick thought they were all a danger to themselves. The people of Alexandria were ill-prepared against attacks from the outsiders and the walkers themselves. Rick thought of them as weak, maybe even ignorant of the real world, which they were. They were extremely ignorant, Uh, and it didn't take him long to figure that out. Uh, just after the brawl that Rick had with uh, Pete, which is Jesse's abusive husband, he says to Deanna and her people who were crowding around and listening to his speech, your way of doing things is done. Starting right now, we have to live in the real world. Your way is going to destroy this place. Uh, we're going to bring that up. Uh, what may be one of the most important Impressionable entrances made by a character. Uh, I'm talking about Negan and that great scene that ends with the death of two of our favorites, Glenn and Abraham, uh, striking fear into our saviors' hearts, breaking Rick into pieces. Negan certainly made an impression on uh, starting with the season finale of season six and stretched all the way into the premiere of Season 1. Sorry, Episode 1 of Season 7. Lindsay on Facebook writes, Tara was one of my favorite characters. Tiffany on Twitter writes, Rick wasn't sure with Alexandria. Remembering he wanted to listen first, he heard children laughing. Yes, that's very true. Uh, Rick was having a discussion, I believe it was with Michonne. Uh, about and he brought up when we arrived at CDC no not at the CDC at Terminus uh, and all the other places he's like what was the one thing that was missing and that is the, uh, the sound of kids playing but when he arrived at the gates of Alexandria he can hear kids playing and that's what ultimately uh, convinced him to pick up Judith from the back seat and go inside the gates and that's how his uh, integration into alexandria started let me see what's going on on youtube uh khaleesi writes negan said he would not had messed with them uh with that man in that video uh singer writes too soft they never would have made it talking about the alexandrians hard production writes negan's entrance was amazing His speech and everything was so terrifying. Uh, J.D. Morgan did a great job at portraying Negan, and Negan knew exactly how to get people to do things his way. No doubt about that. He he knew how to play people and uh, get them to do what he wanted them to do. Now, the group was shocked and all hope deteriorated because of what happened, and although they had been through so much before Negan, we have never seen him that broken as we did that night. Uh, Of course, with the introduction of Negan, came the Savior War, which led the group to ask for help from other communities, and one of them is, of course, the Kingdom, and their leader, King Ezekiel. He may have a theatrical personality, to say the least, but the group became accustomed to it and learned not to underestimate him, as he has proven himself worthy and honorable many times over. Moving forward from uh, other, to other interesting first impressions, Magna in Season 9. Michonne misjudged Magna based on her prison tattoo uh, she had on her hand, she assumed that Magna was not a good person who could be truly trusted based on her past. Remember, they had them all lined up in front of the Alexandria Council on whether, on what to do with them. Judith is the one that brought them in. That got Michonne a little upset that Judith would do that. Remember, uh, after Rick disappeared at some point during the six years which we do not know much of what happened and uh especially what happened in that flashback that we saw from Michonne's uh best friend Jocelyn uh and how she had become evil uh Michonne put everybody on lockdown in Alexandria and she cut off all communication all trade any kind of contact with the other communities and that pissed off Maggie uh uh, that's why Maggie and uh, Michonne, when Maggie left, you know, she left on bad terms with Michonne. And it really sucks that Michonne, um, the character of Michonne, left before we got to see Maggie come back. Because now we're not going to really get to see. Everyone keeps asking, how is Maggie going to react to Negan? For me, the more interesting question is was... How would Maggie react to seeing Michonne? We never saw them have a fight. We never saw them, you know, having that disagreement. It was all referenced in other people's conversations. Um, The flashback sort of gave us a reason why uh, Michonne put Alexandria on lockdown. It's what happened between her and Jocelyn and, you know, with her Children of the Corn. Uh, kids that she had with her. So, I would have loved for Michonne's character to still be alive and to see what Maggie's reaction is for those two to come face to face again. Um, And does Maggie even know that Michonne's not around anymore? I don't think so. Because only Judith knows, and now Daryl, that Michonne is not coming back anytime soon. Now, their meetup may eventually happen again, In the movies or another spin-off. But more than likely, it's not going to happen on the Walking Dead TV show. So, it could still happen, but we just don't know when. Uh, I keep having to flip back and forth from YouTube. Uh, Hard Production writes, Season 7, Episode 1 was a good episode. Written very well. Just damn hard to watch. Yep, absolutely. I'm a white boy right straight up. Khaleesi writes exactly. Yeah, very hard to watch. That in the Terminus episode for me was hard to watch as well. Uh, So let's just finish this off because we are almost out of time and we are nearly at, we are close to the end. Lydia's first impression on Daryl was definitely a far cry to the relationship uh, they have now. Daryl saw Lydia as the enemy who could provide them with valuable intel on the Whisperers. And, uh, obviously that has changed. And I believe the moment that changed for Daryl was when she, when he realized that Lydia was being abused by either, he didn't know at the time, by her mother or father, but he knew that somebody was beating her. And because he was a product of abuse himself, he even knew exactly, you know, the tool that was used to beat her. And from that moment on, that's when the bond between Daryl and uh, Lydia started to solidify. And to this date, Daryl is by far uh, Lydia's biggest ally... Uh, Daryl being the one that's trusted by the other group members, uh, but Negan is also her ally as well, but Negan is not trusted by the other, uh, survivors, the other community members yet, and I think there are some big things coming Negan's way in this finale that are going to change a lot of things. Anyway, guys, we are out of time, uh... You've been awesome as always. Thank you so much for participating in the chats. Please go ahead and visit us on our website, deadtalklive.com. If you're on YouTube right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. If you enjoyed it, guys, tune in tomorrow and Wednesday. Tomorrow we have Amy, Emma Bell, Andrea's sister from season one, the first person ...that we saw get bit by a walker. That walker was Greg Nicotero. Uh, because it was going to be such an iconic moment, he wanted to play the walker that bit Amy. So Amy's going to be joining us tomorrow. Wednesday, we have Elizabeth Faith Ludlow, a rot Negan Savior, who was executed in Season 9 by Cindy and Oceanside... When Oceanside was murdering the saviors. Because there are just some things that cannot be forgiven. So two awesome guests coming up tomorrow and Wednesday. You're not going to want to miss it. They're going to be fascinating chats. Stay safe guys. And until tomorrow with our special guest Emma Bell. Stay walking.